celebration of celebrations. Amen. Amen. For just a, a quick moment, you may be seated. I want to welcome all of you. Those of you that are joining us online, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is an, ama an amazing Easter Sunday celebration. And we have wonderful things in store for you that have yet to come. I, I thought I'd take a moment and introduce to you our guest this morning. And we don't want this guest to continue to be a guest. We want them to be a part, a remaining part of our, of our, our house and presence. Amen? So ladies and gentlemen, it's my distinct honor this morning to introduce a man who really needs no introduction. His credits are simply too long to list. He's already done the impossible again and again. He hails out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, by the way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author, yes he is, he's the author of the best-selling book ever since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry when he fed 5,000 hungry souls with just two fish and five loaves of bread. He can walk on water and he can turn water into wine. Oh, you don't hear me this morning. You don't hear me this morning. He, he, he has a headshot on every fan in the churches across the country. And even before the kings of comedy, he is called, he is hailed the king of kings and the lord of lords, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end the first and the last the bright and morning star the rose of Sharon the prince of peace and the creator and the ruler of the universe somebody get on your feet and put your hands together and show your love for the second coming the one and only Jesus Christ I never left you. And wow, what an intro. <laughs> yeah, my dad, he has a tendency to do a lot. But was it really an Oprah articulation? You should hear the angels. Well, I guess you have a point there. You know, I'm never really nervous, but I'm kind of nervous today. Can we just jump right in there? Come on. Okay, so what should I call you? Your Majesty, Yeshua, Yahweh. Oh, 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 Jesus is fine, too. And is this the second coming? <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. Oh. This is something like what happened with Paul. Remember the light hit him, knocked him off his horse? That was funny. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I think I got to ask you some pretty difficult questions. Promise you don't smite me down? Listen, I'm sure I can handle your questions. You'd be surprised how many questions I get and what I hear. Okay. As a matter of fact, I enjoy your inquisitiveness. It's always made me laugh. Thank you, sir. Okay, well, just, just jump right in there. So, where were you in 2020? We could talk about that, but before we do, I heard you're getting married. <laughs> hey, how did I do? Perfect as always. See, you guys are inseparable. You spend all your time together getting to know each other, right? Mm -hmm. But let's fast forward, say about 50 years. I believe your parents, wait, Flynn and Carolyn, they celebrated 50 years in 2020. Yep, in December. Hey, get them on the phone. Let's talk to them. I want to talk to Carolyn. So. Flynn is. Hey! Ooh, you look pretty. Hey. Lots of everything. Guess what? So, uh. I'm sitting here with Jesus Christ. I know it sounds crazy, but in actuality, he kind of wants to speak to mom. Can you give your phone to mom, please? You sure this isn't a Frederick thing? Sir, I promise you. <laughs> I promise you this is not a Frederick thing. Can you please just give the phone to mom? I think Jesus wants to talk to mom, okay? Okay. Thank you. Give me a second. All right. Hey, hon, let's, let's check for you. Hey. Hey, Carolyn, how are you? I'm wonderful, how are you? I am well, I am well. So, tell me, what do you love most about your husband? What has the last 50 years talked to you about Flynn? <laughs> with God's people, and I love that. That's awesome. So tell me, would you say you know him as well as you know yourself, or vice versa? Oh, yeah. Uh, I know that uh, he likes his glass full of ice. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's unlike your best friend T, who hardly ever likes ice, right? Exactly. Oh, boy, boy, boy. Hey, would you say he trusts you with his business to handle his business? <laughs> so your word is as good as his. Absolutely. You can speak on his behalf and he can speak on yours. I think so. That's awesome. Thank you so much. It's always good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Great to see you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Talk to you later, Mom. All right. So you see, Tip, I have a bride I've been married to for over 2,000 years. And I was hoping that she would speak on my behalf in 2020. So make it a little bit more clear for us, Jesus. You mean your bride, the church? I believe Luke quoted me best when he said, do business until I return. The business I want done is done in every jurisdiction of culture, not just in the four walls of a church. 
in business, in family, in politics, in media. These are just a few of the pillars that need my bride's attention. So it's just going to be one of them type of Sundays, Jesus. Hey, don't believe the hype. I'm always present. And I can draw purpose even out of the pandemic. But I think what people really want to know, Jesus, is why did so many people have to die? <clears throat> I know. I get it. Grief is difficult, especially when love is so easy. Remember when they beheaded my cousin John? That's right. Even I tried to get away, just for a moment. But you have to remember something. Your perspective is limited to your humanity. See, I can guarantee you, if you allow me, I will personally heal every hurt in your heart. I love that. 2020 was, was a lot. But the truth is, it's, it's gone. And I kind of really wanted it to be about you today. How about, um, I know, how about a little rapid fire? I'll name a couple of things and you can choose the one, the rest one out off the top of your head. Okay, let's go. All right, here we go. All right. Water or wine? Good old fashioned OJ. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. All right. Fish or bread? Big Newtons. Jesus. <laughs> My dad loves those, by the way. <laughs> All right, what about this one? Travel by land or by sea? Teleportation, obviously. Jesus, you are not <laughs> playing fair, sir. Okay, okay, I got you on the next one. I got you on the next one. Okay, this one is a good one, though. Here we go. Christmas or Easter? Hands down, Easter. There would be no need for Christmas if there was no Easter. Easter's why I came. I get it. I get it. So, take us back. You've been here for 33 years, living all perfect and whatnot. You had just sent Judas to do his worst. You'd gone to your one of your favorite places to pray. I think it's the Garden of Gethsemane. Your guys are there with you. What is going through your head? I mean, sweating blood? That's kind of deep. Oh, you know, Tiff, it was the most anxiety I've ever felt. The Father was asking me to carry the weight and punishment of all the sins of mankind. You don't really get it. You won't. It was in that moment that I was bombarded with the burden of my father's rules. It was either me or all of you. And my father chose you. Wow. That brings a whole new meaning to the weight of the world on your shoulders. So, you see, the sweat from my brow was more than warranted. People take pills for anxiety every day. But for me, there was no pill, no pill at all that could soothe me. 
three times, three times, I begged, I asked him, Father, if there's another way, if there's another moment, if nothing else, please, Father. And I knew he couldn't. that moment I decided to obey him fully. I was so glad when the angels came to help me. How do I respond to that? Don't. When you're faced with anxiety, or when you feel alone, or when you are asked by my father to do something that you don't think you can, remember me. I'm right there with you. I bled my brow so that you could be faithful to God. And the moment you make a decision in your heart to be faithful to God, peace will overtake you. You might not understand it now, but it wouldn't be peace if you did. My God. I'm right here. <laughs> Get fucked. Okay, so Judas comes with the cohort. And how messed up was that? I mean, this guy betraying the Lord and with a kiss. Man, that was some old reality TV type stuff. <laughs> yeah, they caught me by surprise too, Tiff. I mean, I knew he would be the culprit, but a kiss? That was a dagger to my soul. We suffered for that one. And Peter, <laughs> what did he think he was doing? <laughs> trying to cut somebody down. I know, right? He was a fisherman, not a soldier. But he was the captain of the team. Right. Tiff, Peter was my dude. Although he had a tendency to fly off the handle, I knew that eventually his character would be impacted. Yeah, but what about that whole denial debacle? Yeah, I know, I know. But he never did that again. It's amazing what a person can do with another chance. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You kind of left the whole team to him. So they take you before the Jewish Sanhedrin, they're judging you, they're calling you the king of all kings. That's what their accusation was. And you just stand there. You don't say anything. Why didn't you defend yourself? Well, they were right. I am king. Well, I guess so. And then they take you in front of someone else in authority. And he's accusing you of being king of all kings. He thinks he's in authority. He's judging you, but you created him. How was that? It was par for the course. I had to face accusation, indictment, guilt for all crimes ever committed, false or otherwise. The result, they ripped my beard from my face. You have to understand, I was born a Jewish my beard symbolized my prestige. It symbolized my self-esteem, my very identity. It represented confidence in which I accomplished God's purpose. When they ripped my beard from my face, they thought they were defaming my character. But in actuality, they were further ensuring that you, my dear brothers and sisters, would be able to finally finish with. Finish what? The purpose written in the books of heaven all about you. So when you're faced with doubt, insecurity, 
inferiority or even confused or pissed that I made you a man or woman. Remember me. Mm. Oh, we're not done yet. Cat of nine tails was next. Please, Jesus, tell us what the cat of nine tails is. Romans were the best at designing torture. The crucifixion was crafted to cause as much pain as could be felt before a person big to die. The cat of <clears throat> nine tails was this relatively kind of short wit which several ships left. They intimately shards of bone, metal, all tied in it. And he struck me. The impact dropped the shards deep. Tracked it back for another blow. It ripped my skin, my muscle, and sinew from my bones. Although it's much more brutal than our <clears throat> Nell Gibson's movie, probably came the closest. Sir, special to me. One of my favorite teachers, as they prophesied, that moment would be like him. My father told him that my body would be an open wound. He wouldn't even tell me that I was a man. I was beaten so that all sin could be cleansed and all sickness could be healed. So when you're faced with cancer, diabetes, That secret habit just reviews its ugly head. Or your vowed memory is plagued <laughs> with bad decisions or a guilty conscience. It overrides my grace. I think Jesus has presented a 
perfect time for us to take a moment for those of you who need to process what we've done thus far. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And we are back. Had a couple of technical difficulties, but that is not going to stop our conversation today. I know you are enjoying our time with Jesus. Come on, let me see those hearts in the comments. And those of you who are in the building, come on, clap your hands just a little bit. We're going to continue our conversation with Jesus. Man, I'm glad we had that break, though, because I was getting ready to be up under this chair. Yeah, yeah. Kind of gets me every time, too. Yeah, me too. Uh, but let me, let me ask you this. There seems to be a running theme throughout the New Testament. If you want to reap, you have to sow. If you someone slaps you, you turn your other cheek. If you want to be great, you got to be a servant. Seems like your kingdom is upside down. You're absolutely right, Tim. That's the character of my kingdom. That's why I chose a crown of thorns. And actually, my kingdom is right side up. It's the world that's upside down. <laughs> got you, got you. But give us a little bit more detail for those of us who are a little slow in making that connection. Of course. The story? Absolutely. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Okay. Adam the prince abdicates his throne by following his wife's Eve's decision to sin and therefore loses his position before God. Wait, which position? I could detract it. The position that I intended for all mankind. Okay. The creator intended mankind to rule the earth. Adam's children were supposed to be responsible for governing this world. That's why it's important that my DNA came from my father. My innocent blood was the only blood that could redeem man. And now, if you choose to believe in what I did, just like that. You become an heir to my father's throne. Aha. Tracking with me now. Right with you, JC. Now, the curse that they received was to slay for little profit. They were born to be kings and queens in this earth and to rule over all that my father had created for them. But instead, their disobedience put them at the mercy of the dirt and the one crawling in it. And Satan's works produced thorns or hardships instead of fruit, which represents your jobs and careers. Now, I know most people don't know about farming, but if you look closely, you will see why some of you work so hard for so little. I get it. So the ground can be compared to our nine to fives. And it's a line of traffic. Oh, and that paycheck that gets eaten up before it ever hits your right. account. You've been living under the curse from Eden. And I paid with my blood for you to eat from the Garden of Gethsemane. And the very thorns you've been pierced by because of that job you hate are the thorns that I took so that you could wear a crown of jewels. You've been living beneath your purpose. You see money as your answer. All the while ignoring the fact that I wore a crown of thorns so that you can rule in your own personal gardens. You didn't remember me. Okay, okay, okay. So I think I just saw something new. When I submit to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and I behave like I belong to you, that gives me the authority to execute your authority in my life and in my finances? You got it. 
but not until you submit. Your submission as a child of my father gives you the right to everything you need to succeed in this life. So when you're stressed about money, remember me. And remember to tithe from your increase and give as I direct you. Let that be. I think this brings us to the point where you had to walk up the street called uh, Golgotha, and that means skulls, and then you had to go up to Calvary, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know how happy I was to find Simeon. So for those of you who don't know, Simeon was a black man who was responsible to help Jesus to carry his cross. You know, sir, I really did think that was kind of interesting. <laughs> Not even you could carry your own cross by yourself. Watch it now, watch it. But you know, Simeon was a black man, right? A slave, right? And I know, for African-Americans, slavery is shameful and painful. But maybe you're looking at it the wrong way. Remember, in me, even slavery can work for the good. Look at Jesus. We're gonna have to have a whole nother interview for that one, sir. One more thing about Simeon. You're right. Even I needed Simeon. And you will not be able to fulfill your purpose on your own. You are so right. Aren't I always? Okay. All right. So let's go back to where, where what they did to you on the cross. You want to go back to the cross? Huh? You know, we got to go there. You know what? One of my favorite songs says, spread wide in the arms of Christ is a love, love that covers sin. Yeah. Yeah. They spread my arms wide. So it can cause extreme difficulty to Nails had to be heavy enough just to hold up my body with. This is why my last words were actually so few. Oh, those nails, though. Yeah. I've kind of been studying what the nails mean to me, but can you tell me what they should mean to me? You ask such great questions, Tiff. <laughs> wow. They could mean a lot of things. But in this moment, I can think of two things. Let's begin with the nails and the hands. Quick story? Better than anyone I know. <laughs> there was once a wise woman who lived in a small village. Rumor had it that she had an accurate answer for everything. One boy was determined to prove the old woman couldn't possibly know everything. Hatching a devious scheme, he told all his friends to meet him at the woman's house the next afternoon so he could prove that she was a faker. <laughs> all through the next day, he hunted for a bird. Finally, he caught a small tone bird in his neck, holding it behind his back so no one could see what was in his hands. The next day, he walked triumphantly to the woman's home. Oh, woman, he called. Come and show us how wise you are. The woman calmly walked to the door. May I help you? She simply asked. You say you know everything. Prove it. What am I holding behind my back? The old woman thought for a moment. She could make out the faint sound of a harlot's wings rustling. I do not say I know everything, but that would be impossible, she replied. However, I do believe you are holding a bird in your hands. The boy was furious. Mm. How could the woman have possibly known he had a bird? Thinking quickly, he came up with a new scheme. He would ask the woman whether the bird was alive or dead. If the woman replied alive, he would crush it with his hands and prove her wrong. 
If she answered, dead, on the other hand, he would pull the living bird from behind his back and allow it to fly away. Either way, he wouldn't prove her right. He would prove his point that the wise woman would be discredited. Very good, he called. It is a bird. But tell me, is the bird I'm holding alive or dead? The wise woman paused for a long moment while the boy waited with anticipation for his opportunity to prove her wrong. Again, the woman spoke calmly. The answer, my young friend, is in your head. Here's the question. What is in the head? Is it alive? Or is it dead? I'm afraid to answer. The answer is in my arms. When I took those arrows, it gave you everything you need to achieve your life's mission. My father's gift to you is potential. What you do with your potential your gift to the Father. There's things that come easy to you. Those are clues to what you should be doing, friends. As you take responsibility and choose to be disciplined to pursue your dreams, you just have to remember me. How do I respond? You respond by following my footsteps. Footsteps. They thought they would nail my feet to a cross and it would stop me from amassing followers. No, 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 not, not those type of followers. <laughs> Real souls that will be transformed as a result of them following you as you follow me. They thought I had failed because they nailed my feet to a cross. But my feet being nailed was just the beginning of a movement that would change every culture on earth. And when you joined this movement, oh, you walked the path that was left by my bloody feet. Disobedience is what will cause others to remember me. But wait, it, it wasn't even over. For me it was. When I realized my father had left me to die, I couldn't take it, dude. I literally died of a broken heart. Huh? Life without the Father is no life at all. He turned his back on me, my Father. Oh, so he wouldn't have to turn his back on you. I had done everything he had asked of me. And still, I had to die. I asked him why. He didn't answer. And I chose, in that moment, to give up my spirit. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me you chose when you would die? In the garden, I was under such pressure that I sweat droplets of blood. I didn't want to do it. But I remembered you. I 
almost lost it at the Cat of Nine Tails. Some might have said, my mission was accomplished when the nails went through my body. But no, not yet. I remembered you. And when my father rejected me, I couldn't take it. I chose to die so that my father, he could go remember me, could accept you. Think we've got it? Nope. Not done yet. What else is there, Jesus? The very reason I took this interview today. Today is not even about my death. I have the power to lay down my life. And God gave me the power to pick it back up. Wait. And what about hell, right? Don't you want to give those who are rejecting you a picture of their fate? And what were you doing, sir, for three days in hell? You don't even want to know. You couldn't take it. Just know that I went so that you don't have to. Your choice. Okay. I, I'll take your word for it. So, this morning we've been talking about, as best we could, the details that you went through on the day that you died. Um, but on this Easter Sunday, if there was one thing you wanted us to take away, what, what would it be? I'll give you three. One, I love you. I chose to die because I love you. And two, if you choose to believe in what I did and live like I love you, you now become responsible for the world. I want to love them through you. And three, I want to tell you, just like I told my disciples, this is my blood of the covenant poured out for the forgiveness of all sin for everyone. This represents my body that was broken so that you and everyone who believes can be made whole and be transformed. This is what the table of the Lord is about. It represents where and how transformation is actually possible. All you have to do is Remember me. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to remember him. Because he provided this for us, that's why we do this. But before we do this, some of you heard something that spoke directly to your heart. He said three things. First, I, I want you to know that I love you. And because I love you, if you choose to believe that I love you, I'm going to transform you so you can prove to the world 
that he loves us. I feel like this morning, what I want to do is ask you that are sitting out there today, should you not, have you not seriously made a decision to believe that he loves you? Have you considered, have you considered carefully how much you are loved by the price that was paid for you before you ever deserved any of this. He laid down his life while we were yet in our sins is what the scripture says. And now that we've come to the knowledge that he loves us, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning, right in this presence, right now, to make, number one, a decision that you believe Jesus. You believe what he did for you. This is the greatest day of the Christian calendar because we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, which proves that he is God and that what he did counts and that all others are liars. There's one true God. All the others make claims, but none of them have raised from the dead. Our God has raised from the dead. He deserves a better hand clap than that. But now, what are you going to do with that? Give mental assent to it? Or give your heart to him? I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning. Those of you that have come back, this is a reset for the whole United States for the whole church now they're saying go back to, to, go back to work go back to school eventually they'll tell us to take our mask off wouldn't it be incredible if this morning you made a decision on the one day we celebrate his resurrection wouldn't it be awesome for you to make a decision I'm going to live as I believe him I'm going to let him Use my life to help others believe. No more silent consent to Jesus. But today, I want a bold, in the face, sure enough admittance, heart wide open, no fear, no shame, no guilt. I'm giving that to Jesus. And I want him to take my life and I want him to use my life so that others can believe. Today, I want you to make that decision. Some of you have already made it, but others of you have just piddled around it. You're a pedestrian. You know, you're pedestrian in church, you're pedestrian out of church, and you don't even know that God has made you the church. Today, a decision I want to take my responsibility before God today and give you an, a decision, an opportunity to say, no longer me, but Lord, since you died for me, I'm going to live for you. Be careful in your decision this morning. 
heaven watches you. And you will be judged based on what you've heard and understood. So if you, if you know that God is speaking to you right now, that you need this commitment to the Lord, this decision before God, my life is not my own. My life belongs to him. And I will let him use me to touch others. If you have the courage to make that decision for real, for real though, I want you to stand on your feet. I want you to stand right there in your chair. Some of you have made the decision already, but others of you have never made the decision. Some of you started on the pathway and got real hot, got real hard, got real tough, real disappointed, and you just flaked out. You just said, well, you know, hey, hey, you know, I'll just go to church. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about saying, God, no matter what, I'm yours. I'm yours. Use me like you want. I'm available to you. Do what you want with my... Those of you that said, no, no that's, that's the decision I want to make. Stand on your feet. Thank you for standing on your feet. How many of you would say in this building, God bless you for the courage. It does take courage. You know why? Because somebody, somebody will question you about your faith. And even more so now that even our Congress is trying to pass laws against our faith. You're going to have to decide what side of the fence, God bless you, what side of the fence you're on. You need to decide today, I'm for Christ. And if that's who you are, come on, stand on your feet. Maybe for the first time, maybe in a long time. Stand on your feet. Make the commitment with me. We'll walk with you together. Online, those of you that are online with us, and you are saying, Bishop, that is, that's me. Put in the chat, put in the chat, I stand for Christ. I decide to stand for him. That's it. God bless you for your courage. This is what Jesus needs right now. Those who are sold out who say, I will stand for Jesus. If you've never done that, or if you have become, listen to me, if you've become, if you've become, the Bible calls it lukewarm. Now, I don't know how many of you understand when the Bible says lukewarm. Thank you for standing. Lukewarm is, you know, it's ice cold water will refresh you. Hot water or hot coffee will perk you up, but spit nobody wants. You get me? What the Lord is saying, those of you that are, not, that are afraid to confess me, afraid to walk in the world before me, you won't confess who I am. You're like, spit. He said, I will spew you out of my mouth. I think everybody here knows the lines are being drawn and you have to decide which side of the fence you're on. Those of you who say, I'm going to be on the Lord's side. I haven't been, but I'm going to take courage. I want him to completely take my life. Stand in the, in the name of Jesus. Don't be afraid. Ah, I see you. God bless you for courage. Any others here today? Here's what I want to do. This is going to take just a few moments I'm going to ask you because I want the privilege of praying for you just a moment 
and I want some of my team to come right now, some of my team to help me. And those of you who are standing, make your way down right now in Jesus' name. This will be very fast. Just come and stand right here. Those of you that are standing who said, I'm going to do this. On Easter Sunday morning, on the morning where we celebrate his resurrection, may his life be resurrected inside of you. Jesus wants you. He's enlisting you. He's enlisting you. Come in the name of Jesus. Come. And those, that, those that are coming, one of you choose them, please, and simply we're going to pray for them and receive their information because we don't expect you to walk this by yourself. He never, Jesus never expected you to do that. He expected you to walk with your brothers and your sisters. Begin to thank him. Praise his name. Come on. Praise his name. That Lord, I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm for you. New ones, Father. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, lift those hands to the Lord. In the name of Jesus, on this Resurrection Sunday, we're asking you, as you did the disciples, pour out your spirit on us. Empower, strengthen, equip us to be your light in the world. Thank you for the power to portray who you are. Thank you for the courage to name your name in the face of those who do not believe. Thank you for the healing of every disease. Thank you for our sicknesses and our pains. You carried them on the cross and then got up from the grave to prove that I shall take care of all of it. We receive it today. I thank you and I praise you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Clap your hands and give him praise, somebody. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. We're almost done. We're going to take the table of the Lord. You need strength when you leave here today. How many of you know that it, uh, the, the stakes are higher? We can no longer be silent about who we believe. We're being forced the Lord is, has forcing us to stand up for him and to speak for him and to obey him in the presence of those who do not obey. For that courage that Jesus gives you today, you're going to partake of the table of the Lord. For that courage that you eat and drink today, may you manifest that courage in Jesus' name. One more time, put your hands together and praise him. Amen. How about a little bit of praise in that? I'm going to give you, I'm going to count to three, and I want to give us a shout to heaven that's watching right now. One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the house of the Lord said amen. And the house of God said amen. And the people of God said, oh, yeah, amen. I want you to turn and hug somebody. I'm being a little bold this morning. Turn and hug somebody if you're able or if you can before you take your seat.
Oh my God. How you doing? You all right? Be seated, please. Be seated, please. Hey, guys. I am so sorry I left you abruptly. But remember, I never left you. And I told you, teleportation is how I like to travel. Anyways, I want you to listen. There's one more thing I wanted to leave with you. My resurrection is best applied to the community and relationships you have. The quality of your relationship on earth matters so much to me. Because I was raised from the dead, the power to heal the most toxic relationships has come. The deepest pain from broken primary relationships can be healed and restored and faith for successful marriage after a horrible divorce is now available through my resurrection. And Tiffany, this is especially for you. Remember the word I sent you? When you see what I have for you, you will be reduced to tears and you will say to the Lord, he does all things well. I love you guys.